Good day, nerds. On March 2nd, Nerds on Film will be commencing yet another live Oscar podcast. You, the fan, will be able to stream a live Nerdonomy commentary track for the 86th Annual Academy Awards. Make sure to stay tuned to the Nerdonomy Network in the coming weeks for more details. And go to Nerdonomy.com to sign up for the second annual Nerdonomy Oscar Challenge. For more details on this challenge, go to our blog and gaze upon the fiery gauntlet that my brother Brian has thrown down. And until then, here's our podcast. You're listening to Nerds on Film with Sarah Ashley, Brian Moriarty, and Sean Moriarty. Let's take a step back in time, shall we? To the year 1994. What were you doing in 1994? I remember what I was doing in 1994. What were you doing? One, obsessing over Dumb and Dumber. I do remember that, Oh, yes. yeah. Wondering Two, what Batman Forever was going to be like. Yeah. Two, <laughs> I was really into the Olympics at the time and also the 1994 Lillehammer Olympic video game for Sega Genesis. I remember that as well, yes. <laughs> so I wouldn't stop playing. You were crazy about the, the bobsled. Back so, Sarah, what were you doing in 1994? Um. Pretty sure I was still playing with Barbies and just starting to realize how bad at math I am. How bad are you at math, Sarah? I'm pretty terrible at math. How really? bad are you? But yeah, like, okay, let me put it this way. The only C's I've ever gotten in my entire life were in math class. A C? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's a big deal for me. It's like, it? A, And it actually, they were never semester grades. They were just quarter check-in grades. So um, the yeah. worst you ever were at math was average. So you're not really that bad at math. Well, I've then since lost the skill because I specifically went into a major where I wouldn't have to do math. And yep. um, since then, my math has gotten significantly yeah. worse. Which is, which is most people. <laughs> I still count on my fingers when I'm trying to calculate tip. I mean, so. nice. that's a that's a whole other discussion certain about types of brains, you know, how math brains is being are math and mistaught. And in our better yeah. art and society. Everybody's talking over each other. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to need math at all. And when I took geometry in high school, I was like, this is so dumb. I'm never going to need this. This is Fuck. stupid. I want to be an actor. I'm going to be a theater major. And then freshman year, I took stagecraft class. And when we started drafting, I was like, Fuck! <laughs> Wish Damn. I paid attention to geometry class. Oh, damn right? it. Yeah. All right. So 1994, I was obsessed with The Lion King. Mm -hmm. And I was well, on wasn't? the warpath to buy every, I was like, not. Nala plush toy and like bedspread and like you know what Moan and Pumbaa cups and stuff. I distinctly remember having a Lion King nightgown Hell that yeah, I did. just wore all the time. Did you ever go to Disney on Ice? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> of course, awesome. I did. I for awesome. the longest time I had like my little plastic souvenir cup that my snow coat came Me in. Me too. I got a chip cup from <laughs> yes! Beauty and the Beast. That's awesome. Chip. I still have that cup. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Like, you I'm love that say, fucking cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a top five for the things that were going on in my life in 1994. Power Rangers. Hell yep. yeah. They're in no particular order. Batman the Animated Series. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wayne's World 2. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wait, yes. What? Ace Ventura. Yes, that happened. Yes. Hell yeah. And probably obsessing over what Batman Forever was going to be like. Well. Yep. Because we heard that uh, the Riddler was going to be in it, and we were all excited about that. Brian and I actually came up with a, it was a short, like, 10-page draft we were writing on binder paper with pens about what was going to happen after Batman Returns, and it involved Bruce and Selina being married, and they have kids that want to be superheroes. Yeah, wow. and they were, and that she was basically the Robin of the uh, yeah. of that universe. Before we realized that they were going to put Robin in the movie, then we were like, "Oh, we can't do that." <laughs> yeah, we used to write fake scripts. Well, we used to start writing scripts when we were kids, obsessing over movies. Mm -hmm. Nice. That sounds. Like I did a, a Jumanji sequel, which oh was reversed. <laughs> Where they were in the jungle, they were like transported to the jungle and they had to play the game to get the real world to come back in pieces. Wow. Do you guys remember the Jumanji cartoon? I do remember that. Yeah. It was yeah. terrible. It was I not know. good. Mm -mm. It was not Bad good. News. Bad Although news. I think the animator went on to do the wild thornberries, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Animation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah well, it was the same person who had done uh, Real Monsters. Mm -hmm. at first. Uh -huh, real I think it was monsters. the same person. I think also in 1994 I was making up my own Power Ranger too. 
Oh, yeah. I had the purple nice. ranger. I was a purple ranger. I was the pink ranger, always and forever. Kimberly is my girl. Really? She's my home girl. See, when yeah, we yeah. were actually just pretending to be the, the real Power Rangers, mm-hmm. them, I was always yellow ranger. I was yeah. like, pink ranger, gross. One, pink, ew. Two, oh. she wears like a little halfy skirt thing, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just always jealous of how Kimberly like got with, what's his name? Tony, the red Tommy? ranger? Tommy. No, Tommy was a green was ranger. Jason, Tommy was the red green. Ranger. Jason was the red. Right. Yeah. Well, she flipped played by Austin St. John. Yes. What a name. Austin St. John was the... No, he was... Uh, he was the he Red was Ranger. Jason. He was, he was Jason. Ranger. Yeah. It's, oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Such a sweet I thought you were talking tail. about... Jason was the second Jason Red Frank. Ranger dork, the one from the movie. Yeah, Jason Frank. <laughs> Jason Frank. God. Yeah. I didn't even like the Power... I actually, okay, I pretended not to Bullshit. like the Power Rangers because I was a couple years older than my brother. Uh-huh. So I'd watch it with behind him and just be like, this is dumb. And then be like, oh. Secret... <laughs> This is totally, totally. <laughs> oh wait, place. they're gonna fight the putties and then lose, and then the monster's gonna fight them. They're gonna win. That the yeah. gets really big. I think I might have already said this, but wow. I felt so bad for the Angel Grove Construction Company because oh. they're just like, again, we just fixed this goddamn building. We just had a giant <laughs> monster knock down this building all over. Like that happened last week, and it's happening all over again. Is the place cursed? Incidentally, they had some scientists revolutionize how they build buildings because they had to build them like. A there week. we go. Wow. There we go. They gotta um, ensure these superheroes. And I think another thing I was actually really obsessed with in 1994 was the movie Forrest Gump. Mm. Oh. Hi. Which happened right. to be the number one top grossing film in the U.S. in 1994. Oh, Gee, Farrah, that, that was an you. amazing segue. Thanks, but it was true. I like, have watched the shit out of that movie like when I was a kid. Can I whip this factoid out of the list? The top ten films. Sure. Whip it out. Excuse 94. me while I whip this out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So number one, Forrest Gump. Number two, The Lion King. Number three, True Lies. Four, The Santa Claus. The Flintstones. Six, Dumb and Dumber. Seven, Clear and Present Danger. Eight, Speed. Nine, The Mask. Speed. And ten, Speed. Pulp Fiction. Flintstones <laughs> was higher grossing than Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, buddy. that's depressing. Yeah. Well, because it was Spielberg. I mean, Dumb and Dumber was the movie that really skyrocketed Jim Carrey. If it, I mean, Ace Ventura helped him get there, but that was what really did it. But I mean, the fact that like two of those three movies are, or two of those movies are Jim Carrey movies. That's he had a really good that was year. A busy year for Jim Carrey. That was it was yeah. a huge year for Jim. You know Carrey. who else it was a busy year for? Brad Pitt. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Interview with the Vampire and uh, Legends of the Fall. Legends of the Fall. Legends oh of the Fall, God, yeah. Legends of the Fall. The only. <laughs> <laughs> that was Anthony Hopkins' performance from Legends of the Fall. That was the only time I've been attracted to a dude with long hair. Totes. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I became so obsessed what with about Brad Pitt. about all of your romance I... novels with Fabio on the cover? Oh, Fabio can't hold a candle to Brad Pitt with long hair. Mm. Truth. Uh-uh, girl. Yeah, because it looks like there's a black hole in the middle of his face sucking everything in his face to the middle. Uh, Brad Pitt's <laughs> or Fabio's? I think no, it, Fabio's. Okay, good, because I'm like, do not talk smack about my boy. I'm <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure you're actually talking about Ghostbusters too, but I oh, understand yeah, where exactly. you get confused. Wait, are we talking about the sludge or something? <laughs> the, the painting? Yeah, oh, no, Fabio wow. looks the Vigo just painting like the Vigo. 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 It wouldn't be a Nerds on Film episode if there wasn't an obscure... Oh, God. Movie reference. Was that um, obscure? I didn't think that was obscure. I think it's an obscure moment in that movie. Yeah. I think it's a what? great moment. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's an awesome <laughs> reference. So apparently oh, Vigo just, and Fabio It just doesn't readily come to same. mind. 1994 was such a fucking I don't good know, year what I hear, movies. It was. It was such a really a good, good year. year. So not, good. Maybe not as good as 1995, which we've talked I forgot, about. No, I don't know. The 90s were just some of these movies. True Lies, I forgot about. Mm-hmm. We haven't- You're fired. <laughs> Brian, hmm. will you please help me remember this full line from True Lies <laughs> when Arnold is all doped up on the true serum? Oh, and he's like, "They're gonna shoot us in the head, or they're gonna torture us to death." <laughs> Wait, are we gonna die in here? <laughs> yep. Oh, then it's working. <laughs> they're gonna shoot us in the head. Or they're gonna... <laughs> Actually, I they're can't... gonna shoot us in the head, or they're gonna torture us to death. And then the... <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I can't. I forgot how good that movie is. Oh, I was so good. Uh, it's the only time I really believe Arnold exactly. is acting. Exactly. The, the, was he um, also nominated for an Oscar? Uh, probably for visual effects, yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. sound editing. True Lies was nominated for best visual effects, but lost to Forrest Gump. Mm. Oh, at the Oscars, right? Mm-hmm. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. 
I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Sean Moriarty. And we have a returning guest. <laughs> so excited to have Miss Roxy Noberry back on the mic. Hello. I love it Not when we many have a people get to there. come back again. I mean, mm. we're never letting Nat back. I, oh, that's bullshit. I, I know, I'm kidding. He was awesome. Yeah, he yeah. was great. He sounded like he was with... kind of drugged, though. Like, no, he wasn't. That's the funny thing. Really? No. Was he super tired? He or? was just, he, he was being nonchalant nap. Yeah. Ah. The, and nonchalant with a K. In his mom's <laughs> living room. <laughs> nonchalant <laughs> with a K. <laughs> yeah. I love it when we have another female nerd in the cave because the conversation gets a lot more dynamic. Thank you for inviting me back, and I'm happy to be here. So let's do this. Yeah, I gotta this. say something. I'm getting naked. 1994. <laughs> what you want to say? Best what? visual effects goes to Forrest Gump. Chuck, <laughs> just for cleverly editing some old news footage of presidents. Oh no 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 no! Wins no, no, no. over True Lies. We're no, talking... it was also making like the lips match the, yeah. the lines yeah. and all that. Yeah. The fact that there was know, a lot going on there. JFK that... and Lyndon Johnston were both digitally re-enhanced and redone to look like they were talking to Forrest Gump, but I thought that was brilliant. And done. it was top-notch at the time. Mm-hmm. It was 1994. Right. Mm-hmm. This is right on the dawn of Yeah, I feel like we're spoiled. So. Really starting to yeah. take off. Yeah, so I mean, in context, word. yeah, definitely. Yeah, he talks to it. John Lennon. I mean, that was so sick. <laughs> the whole part where um, he goes to the Dick Cavett show. Mm, yeah. right, right, right. And they yeah. do the whole lyrics from Imagine. Right. Yeah. Like, no possessions. He's talking no about China. No religion. They don't have much over there. Yeah. <laughs> so 1984 was the 67th Academy Awards. It was indeed. And it was hosted by Dave Letterman. And it was actually in 1995, of course. But yeah, um, that was the only time that Dave Letterman was ever hosted the Academy yeah, Awards. Yeah, a lot of people did not want him to come back. Big mistake. <laughs> and yeah. people feel that way about Seth MacFarlane, even though I thought last year was one of the best Oscar ceremonies uh, I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm I okay don't know. That that My back, favorite Oscar ceremony was Hugh Jackman. I've seen a lot of them. Mm, Hugh and Jackson. that was the one that entertained me and surprised me the most. And I am a horrible human being, and my sense of humor is so black that it was perfect for me. I think um, I really liked Billy Crystal and his heyday when he was doing it. Like, when he came back and did it so many years later, it wasn't as good. Mm -hmm. Um, But when he was doing, like, that series of it, I think that was really top-notch. And people are saying that the reason Letterman didn't do so well on this Oscars is because his show was losing in the ratings to Leno. Yeah. Yeah. He just wasn't as popular, and his humor was not as different. It was much more absurdist. Speaking of slighted Tonight Show hosts, I would love to see Conan O'Brien host the the Oscars one year. That would oh, be kind cool. of cool. Yeah, just like, and then also I love the one year that John Stewart hosted it too. John yeah. Stewart was yeah. great that one year. Mm-hmm. Um, I have something that tops that. Who? Somebody who's been the best out of the last decade. Ooh, Steve Martin. Yeah, he's oh, hosted three yeah. times. I think he hosted twice solo and then one time with Alec, Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. And then the year that shall not be named. Franco and Hathaway. Oh, oh I said it. It's over. It's done. Oh, Goodbye. Buddy. It was God. not. Anne Hathaway not got her comeuppance, though. She, you know, by winning the Oscar next year. She like... was great. It was just him. He it was so lifeless. Yeah. yeah he yep. uh, came so... out and drag and ruined the whole thing. Nothing against James Franco. He's actually a great actor, but just he just he didn't he looked like he didn't want to be there the entire time. And 94 was uh, another big year, too, because that was the year that Tom Hanks, going back to Forrest Gump, uh, won his second consecutive Academy Award for Best Acting, which hadn't been done since Spencer Tracy. Mm-hmm. So that was... Um, Incredible. Which was, I mean, that was at least 40 years before that had happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a very hotly contested year, right, for who won Best Picture, because Forrest Gump took the Best Picture. Right, but let's talk about all the movies that were nominated that year. So there was Quiz Show, which I have never seen. Me neither. What? I've never seen no. it. Oh, it's you know, a I've seen great parts movie. Of it. And then there was Four Weddings and a Funeral, which... Hey don't quite understand why it was nominated. Yeah. I don't really... Because it's British. Well, it was considered the top-grossing British film at that time. Like the Or the most watched or something like that. Like, and it turned the world like on to Hugh Grant. A... So, okay. Yeah, they have yeah. their own awards. Yeah. They did win the BAFTA yeah. that year. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, their Academy is both film and television. They just kind of... It's like their Golden Globes, basically. Yeah. basically. They just kind of lump them together. Right. Um, and then there was also the, the big three... Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, and Forrest Gump. And this is kind of the crux of the episode because some people here think that Forrest Gump should not have won and it should have been either Pulp Fiction or Shawshank. And I will have to just kind of throw it out there. I think that Forrest Gump was the better film. 
We're gonna have a fucking bad time, Brian. No, that's what's gonna happen. If we're <laughs> we're all gonna debate this topic. This is this is why we're here. We're we're kicking off Oscar season with a whole hell of a lot of debate about which movie is better, which is it's art. So clearly, okay. It's so all, it's all so sh- okay. So exactly, it's it is totally subjective. And in fact, let's not forget the Academy is a group of artists, right? Mm-hmm. They choose among their peers who they feel is the most deserving film. Of course, it is political in nature. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's not. I believe someone has a question. But keep in mind, there was a bunch of producers like, oh, yeah, that was a really good movie. You know, Brian, hurry it they... up. Sarah's yeah. going to grab the ceiling. She's about Sarah's to explode. About to I know. Go already. Yes, it is a collection of artists, but it's also a collection of old white dude artists. Boom! So mm-hmm. the Academy is a little skewed. At times, yes, depending on the... On the subject matter so of what gets nominated. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think all those things being said, so let's look at the subject matter of all of those three movies, right? You've yeah. got uh you got the whole this whole theme of injustice and hope in the Shawshank Redemption. Well, Sean, why don't you talk about pulp fiction? What what's what's for you the overall theme of that movie that didn't quite jive with the Academy? I can't speak for the Academy, but the point I want to take on Pulp Fiction is that compared to Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump, Pulp Fiction was such a different kind of narrative where it jumped around so much. Non-linear, yeah. the way it was presented that I think maybe that has something to do with why it might not have actually won because I think it was, of all those movies, it was the most important and groundbreaking with regards to not only independent film but film in general going into the late 90s. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure if non-linear is what caused it to not work because crash was non-linear and crash won best picture yeah but that's way we're talking way in the future brian i'm saying for at the time understood okay fine fair enough let's say the 90s was a lot about epics right it was a lot it was about you know more forrest gump style those styles of film we're talking magnolia yes and the the 90s was also the independent film renaissance it was more prevalent in the 70s than it was in the 80s when independent filmmakers were coming up, when things like Easy Rider were being made. And then this was like a new a resurgence of studios buying and distributing independent films. And Which we... I think because that's so important for the mid-90s that, that that was a huge stepping stone was Pulp Fiction yeah. even being nominated. And that's one of the reasons I think it should have won. And I also think Shawshank would have won, but we'll get that to, to yeah, that later. Shawshank would have been my choice for yeah. this picture. Well, you mentioned the good point that this was a renaissance for independent filmmakers, but that was also, and I think a good portion of that has to do with Harvey Weinstein. Within one year, he had put Tarantino on the map, Robert Rodriguez on the map, Kevin Smith yeah. on the map, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you also have Four Weddings and a Funeral, which even though it's a foreign film, The Piano, it's, it's still kind which of which won that a lot area. of Oscars. Ooh, the Piano, sure, with, the, uh, with Anna Paquin winning at eleven years old. Yeah. yeah, and Harvey Keitel was nominated, I think, that year, and Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter, won yeah, that, that was year just too? the year before. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I definitely see what you're saying in that regard. And it's a very dark movie, and it's darker than the Academy is usually willing to vote for. I mean, it's got heavy, heavy drug use, very, very, very violent. Yeah, um, I mean, they they all serve the story. They're not they're not gratuitous in any in any sense. Well, but not I, a lot of movies like that had made it to even being nominated and then look look just a few years later you've got Requiem for a Dream was nominated for best picture, wasn't it? Yeah. No. It was nominated for I think Independent Spirit, but I don't think it was nominated for best picture. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wasn't it nominated for best original screenplay? Yeah, or it was best nominated adapted for, screenplay. It was best adapted, yeah. But the question I think that got overlooked was thematically what did pulp fiction offer? Thematically. Yes. What did Pulp Fiction So whereas we could say that Shawshank Redemption, like Brian was saying, was about hope, injustice, freedom, etc. And we look at Forrest Gump and that's uh, triumph against adversity kind of thing. And there's Um, also this overall theme that like somebody who you think is so insignificant, you know, you walk right by him and that person. Super important. Exactly. Because they've had their hands in all these different points. I mean, think about the name Pulp Fiction. Wasn't wasn't uh, Tarantino referring to the kind of neo-noir crime? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's also a series of vignettes. So you could say, especially after the first time you see that movie, Mm. that there isn't really a discernible theme throughout the entire movie unless you want to pick, I don't know, violence. So what about the theme that crime doesn't pay? It's got this definitely. It does kind of pay, though. Well, in this sense, people who try to get away with shit get their, you know, 
they get their asses handed to them. Well, well and is is the theme moral ambiguity, you know? Oh. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, look at Jules has a happy ending. The couple that robs the store gets a happy ending because he, I mean, the restaurant, because he just lets them go with everything but the case in his wallet. Mm. Yeah. Like, there are happy yeah. endings. I'm sure Vincent dies, and but Uma Thurman, despite the cocaine problem and everything, she makes it all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's more like a portrait. Ving Rhames survives. Yeah. yeah. Think about all the horrible things that Marcellus Wallace did. If anything, it's one of those movies where it's kind of like, uh, did you guys see Contagion a couple years yeah. ago? Yeah. Stoderberg did didn't. it. No, neither Contagion did doesn't really have... I mean, there's a theme in that movie. It's kind of like well, how shitty people humanity gets when they're faced with a, a life-threatening crisis. Like but, 28 days later. Yeah, but they're, the overall, like, I felt like it's kind of a... Those movies are similar in that they're both a portraiture. They kind of just show you people being terrible to one another. And you just kind of take a step back and observe that. And maybe that's the theme. It, like you're saying, it's the morality tale. People do some really bad shit, and some people get away with it, and some people get their face blown off, you know? Um, yeah, and the fact that the audience roots for some of these people and not some of these people, even though they're all criminals. Mm. Right. It's that moral ambiguity that Sarah was talking about. Right. Maybe, I mean, if that's the theme, then I can clearly see why the Academy was scared well, I think to the give Academy, that best picture. Again, it's a bunch of old white dudes, and I think Pulp Fiction is way too urban. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, it's got a a 1970s soundtrack to it. It was shot in a way that looked very, very 70s noir, exactly. Well, and if you you compare just the cinematography of Pulp Fiction to that of Forrest Gump and Shawshank Redemption. Forrest Gump is is Robert Zemeckis, no, fine, big panning camera shot. So is Shawshank Mm -hmm. Redemption, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and those are the things those are the types of movies that are still to this day oscar bait yeah totally so when you look at with the exception of crash but honestly crash is probably one of those ones that maybe should not have. well there is i mean there are exceptions (laughs) look at slumdog it was not shot that way what was crash up against that year that Uh, that was one of the last years where there were five i remember that yeah um actually let's look it up i'm looking it up thank you roxy crash trying to think of 2006 Actually, no, 2004. 2004? Yeah. Are we talking about... Yeah, there's, a, mm-hmm. there's two of them, actually. There's a different but crash. the one that's 2004 was uh, the 78th Academy Awards. It won for Best Picture, Original Screenplay, and Film Editing. Um, Against what? Go to the 76th It won Best Awards. Picture and Screenplay. Wow. Yeah. And I think it won Director, too. Cause I mean, it's had... a good movie. I enjoy the movie, even though it's depressing the whole way through. I, so I don't really enjoy it, but it so does it, its job. It affects me. Ooh, check this out. It was up against Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and Munich. I'm so angry about that because I think Good Night and Good Luck was a way better movie. Wow. Way, way better movie. Yeah. Yeah. I would have given yeah. it to um, to either Capote, yeah. which was really good. And you know what? It goes without mentioning that Philip Seymour Hoffman won his Oscar that year. And what was this? What was the first one that you said? I can't remember. Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. There's a movie that the Academy was scared to give. You know, it's it's funny because all those movies, there's actually a common theme they all share. They all share uh, intolerance, Mm. right? Yeah. There's there's Mm -hmm. definitely a, a binding theme in all those. Um, and yeah, and it's funny how the movies that don't get selected still work wonders for the film world in general. Going back to Pulp Fiction for a second, like, yeah, sure, it didn't win Best Picture, but it turned the world on to Tarantino as a director. It True. got Uma Thurman's career kicked forward. It brought back John Travolta's career Hell from yeah. a long hiatus. It introduced the world more prominently to Samuel L. Jackson. This is the Samuel L. Jackson that we all quote, by the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. This was um, Bruce Willis showing off his acting chops. I mean, not that he wasn't a great actor before, but, you know, he was John McClane before. You know, he got to do something that was very different. And uh, everybody in that movie brings a different side of them that you've never, you don't really see much from other their other pieces. Yes. Here's another angle we could go with this, Brian. I want to ask you your opinion on this and Sarah and Roxy. Hi. Let's say, for example, that we're not focusing on these movies being nominated for Best Picture, but let's say for argument's sake that Quentin Tarantino was nominated for Best Director for Pulp Fiction and Robert Zemeckis for Forrest Gump. Which one of the directors do you give that award to? Well... I, oh. I think that's a different question it's yeah. because I would give it to Quentin Tarantino Yeah. because of the fact that, yes, he was taking a risk. He himself as an artist is taking a risk. Absolutely. But that does not necessarily mean that you look at the two masterpieces, the two pieces of art hanging on the wall, and that doesn't mean that one's going to be you know necessarily better than the other just because the artist oh, no, themselves yeah. Yeah. is using a that's different technique. That's why I'm taking the movie it is out so- of it. That's one of the reasons I really enjoy it because I think it was really risky, like you said, and really mm-hmm. hard to yeah. direct a movie 
like that when it's out of sequence. But I guess that's easier if you wrote the script, right? Yeah. Well, Aww. let's let's compare that for a second because Frank Darabont wrote and directed uh, Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption, and it was his. I think it was his directorial debut for yep. feature film. So here's the thing. For me, separating best director from best picture is very hard to do. It, it is possible, but it's for me, the director's job is to tell the story. And so therefore, however well you tell the story determines your skills as the director. Likewise. Which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Because recently they haven't gone hand in hand like they have in the past. Right. Which to me, best picture, the reason why I think Forrest Gump takes it is you have to look at all the elements that come together. For me, it comes down to... Editing, acting, script, directing, and all those four elements, and of course music too. I mean, score, all the all score. the five main pieces. To to quote Plato, the 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 five of the six elements, right? Right. Mm. Um, yeah. All those things come together to determine what's the best movie, and they all come very very close. But I think when it comes to the quality of all those elements, I think that's why Gump takes it. Hmm. Okay, that's my thesis statement. All right. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like Forrest Gump definitely does have all those elements, and I feel like it's an extremely relatable movie for a lot of people. And it's hard to explain, but I also feel like maybe the fact that it's also more appropriate for all ages, and it's it's really nobody feels alienated by that movie, right? Exactly. Nobody feels alienated right. by that movie. And uh, I'm sure if David here, he'd be screaming at us for. He'd probably have some big defense for the Shawshank Redemption because he no, loves wait, that movie. No, wait, that yeah. defense is coming soon. Okay. <laughs> well, then, right. then do it. Drop it. So the whole point of this podcast, one of the discussions we started before this that led to this episode was that we thought that Pulp Fiction and or Shawshank Redemption should have won over Forrest Gump. Right. But after watching Shawshank last night, uh, it's much like a movie we're going to probably talk about next week, so I won't reveal it yet. It is one of the few perfect films that have been made. It's so perfectly directed. The sound editing is per everything is perfect. And between watching that and Forrest Gump, in Forrest Gump, I'm sorry, there are moments where I can see holes acting wise in some of the actors' performances. And in Shawshank Redemption, at no point was I ever taken out of that story. And uh, I don't know what it is because when I was a kid, I really enjoyed Forrest Gump and actually wanted it to win that year, but I was 11 and I hadn't seen Shawshank or Pulp Fiction. So as an adult, that's why I feel this way is because I understand them more and they they're, they mean more to me now than Forrest Gump does to me now. So is your argument that Shawshank should have won then or Pulp Fiction? That's tough for me to say, but honestly, pick one. Uh, after se I've seen all three of these movies a hundred times now, I'd have to say Shawshank. Me too. Yep. I feel the same exact way. It is a really, really fantastic movie. It really, really is. And a friend. And a do. That's my do one Morgan Freeman impression out of everything. Either you get I living had no or idea you get what that dying. lady was saying. <laughs> get busy living. I didn't or get even want to. Thank you. Okay. Get busy know. living or you get busy dying. Say what the neho. <laughs> uh. yeah. I think, like, the story wise, it is perfect. It yeah. is a It is a perfect story. And. I think it's executed extremely well, and it is hard to find any flaws with it. But then again, I feel the same way about Forrest Gump. Do you, ah. I feel do you think Shawshank limited itself because its theme was so dark? I mean, we talked about how Forrest Gump had more of a mass appeal. Well, uh, yeah, I and don't. That could have led to its one. I, I think that's the reason it won. I mean, and we're all it, kind of in agreement about that. That may yeah. be it. Um, I think I don't want to say that mass appeal is something that one should strive for when you're trying to go for an Oscar because I do think that we should be rewarding risk taking and things like that. Yeah. But I also feel like there's a difference between looking at the macro and the micro. And Shawshank was the micro while Forrest Gump was the macro storytelling that year. Yeah. yeah, but we're talking about a bunch of top-tier artists here, and they want to go for the thing that's more appealing to everyone that's more mainstream. Than I like the... appealable better. <laughs> Micro should really. I think specificity <laughs> in art is what makes it really stand out. I want to ask you guys something about um, Four Weddings and a Funeral. What do you think your impression as to why it was nominated is? That is a good question. I, I remember seeing that movie once when I was younger. I have not seen it a bunch of times. I just saw it yeah. one time, and okay. I just remember going, Neh. Well, I watched <laughs> it last night, and uh, I was up till 2 a.m. I was in, I would actually I was enthralled by it. I think it had a lot to do with Hugh Grant's popularity. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was kind of the British king of the 90s. Yeah. Um, and I think Hill it had anybody? a lot to do with this screenplay. Okay. Um, 
it did it win for i think it's the product of real hardcore uh, marketing and campaigning on the political side of getting into the academy awards yeah probably was heavily heavily beaten over people's heads original screenplay went to pulp fiction best adapted screenplay went to forrest gump so then what did four weddings and a funeral win besides all the baftas See, it's interesting that Shawshank didn't even win Best Adapted. It won Best Film with Andy McDowell in it. Yeah, buddy. There you go. My mom had the same exact haircut as her in the 90s. Nice. I watched a movie that I was like, oh my God, that's why my mom got that haircut. (laughs) I freaked out. Everybody had that haircut. My mom is a lie. (laughs) My mom is Andy McDowell. What is happening? Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Tell your mom she was awesome in Groundhog Day. She was a hottie. <laughs> hottie with the body. Yeah, well. My question is, how do the movies make you feel when you're done watching them? Because that's a big part of it, too, I think. The the emotional yeah. effect that it has on you as the viewer. I got an answer. So how Don't do you feel horny, after watching Forrest Gump versus how do you feel after watching Shawshank Redemption? I'm going to say for all three. After watching Forrest Gump, I feel happy and I've cried a little. I've laughed a bunch. And I feel like I, I went on a really nice ride. Okay. With Shawshank Redemption, I feel like I've been on a really fucked up roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> where it's going straight down and it's scary and fucked up for so long, but then goes up into a nice coast and ends on a happy note. And you're like, oh, that was awesome. And Pulp Fiction feels like I'm on a lot of drugs <laughs> and I'm going through a car wash in a convertible <laughs> while shooting at people and being shot at. Wow. <laughs> Poetic. Well, there you go. I mean, and I think for that reason, I think you you pinned it. I think because of the way Forrest Gump makes you feel is the reason why it takes it is because it makes you feel like yeah you've you've kind of had this wide range of emotions, but you end it on a positive note. Not to say that Shawshank doesn't end on a positive note at all. It does, but I don't know. I guess there's just there's a certain mystique about why that yes, is. Yes, Sarah. I think that Forrest Gump does something really really well, and that is in encapsulating an era and a very specific or eras, time. I guess, or right? eras, yeah. But like it, 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 it encapsulates basically baby boomers. Totally. Yep. And that is really important because I think that also it's appealing to the Academy people. Critics say that this film is a very conservative focused film. It is very conservative, but the thing is it's all, again it's also not alienating. So it doesn't right. take a it doesn't take a political stance. It basically just kind of is a guy experiencing what is probably one of the most tumultuous periods of of our modern history. Hmm. And goddamn, that soundtrack Uh, is amazing. They pulled the best (sighs) of the best of the best for that time. It's really good, but it is no better than the Pulp Fiction soundtrack. It's or just longer. the Shawshank it's soundtrack. It's just two discs. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say... Because the thing is, is I'm not talking about, like, the... I'm not talking about, like, the scores, like... The, like oh, no, yeah, I'm not talking, I'm talking about, about that either. Like, once yeah. you put on... The actual car, songs? Right. For the record, for the record, speaking of scores, the one that took it that year was, was Hans Zimmer's The Lion King. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it was up against Forrest Gump, which was done by Alan Silvestri. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of course, because he usually works with Zemeckis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interview with the Vampire with, by Elliot Goldenthal. Little Women by Thomas Newman. And The Shawshank Redemption by, also Shawshank by Thomas Newman. Shawshank should have won that. And Thomas Shawshank Newman is my is favorite really composer. It He's was, my favorite. And it was really good. And I'm not and I'm not talking like the score. I'm just talking the soundtrack. And I honestly, yeah, I got to say, though, I, I think, you know, again, maybe it's just me like skewing more pop. But I feel like the songs that they picked really fit the era and because those were the songs can i mention something real quick i'm sorry this is a total tangent but i was just looking at the best again going back to score for a moment lion king had three of the five best song nominations that yeah yeah and can you feel the love tonight was the one that Mm -hmm. won yeah it also Uh, a a circle of life and akuna (laughs) matata were also nominated that's just insane That's like that's un- that's unfair. How are they? Such a good home. Anya away. Let me ask you though, which song, which version of "Can You Feel the Love Tonight" one was the it? The Elton John. It's Elton John. Should have been the Timon and Pumbaa one. Can we do this right well, now? No, well, here's the thing. It's all technically it's all the same song. So uh, that, no, that's I mean that, Elton John. They lyrics. were both, but they were both written by Elton John and Tim Rice. True that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, I can see what's happening. What? 
and they don't have a clue. Who? They'll fall in love, and here's the bottom line. Our trio's down to two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Gallus of Twilights. There's magic everywhere. And with all this romantic atmosphere. Disasters in the So I think what we're all trying to say here is fuck all three of these movies The Lion King show I can't believe The Lion King wasn't nominated for Best Picture. It is freaking great. All right, yeah, this this podcast is about to take a hard left turn. (laughs) Fuck you, Pulp Fiction. Force Gump, kiss my ass. Shaw, shank yourself, Mr. Redemption. Lion King. Lion King should have taken it all. (laughs) Just kidding. No, I love The Lion King, but Here's my fundamental problem. Or in other words, Disney's Hamlet. Yeah, buddy. Lions. (laughs) Here's, Here's my fundamental problem. And actually... This is really funny yeah. because I was just I was just reading something today where there was actually a song that was cut from The Lion King yeah. where He lives s- in you. Or no, that oh. was in the no, that, that, that was Scar. Cut. That would have been awesome. No, where <laughs> Scar is trying to take Nala for a wife. Oh, oh yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and that was totally cut. But um I will say Lion King was damn near perfect. I think my only real problem was the fact that they got a different singer that was not Matthew Broderick. To do, mm. the, which was kind of ridiculous voice. because he didn't need the help. At he all. doesn't need the help. He's a good singer. <laughs> That's just yeah. Disney's mo, though. The, Disney when they, always has a separate person sing. When they, not for not for most forever. for most of their Disney princesses, they have not done that. Except all, for, they did it for oh for the princesses because I know the wow. a lot of the male voices. Yeah, Pocahontas. They male voices always well, like Pocahontas. Mel Gibson didn't sing. They um, didn't do it for the dude a, from Aladdin. Didn't sing. No, for Tangled, um, Zachary Levi sang. Zachary yeah, well, and that's, Mandy Moore sang. That's I think though a turn they made with the Princess and the Frog. They started to realize, wait a second, we can find actors who can both act and sing and not have yeah. to worry about having to pay two different people. Yeah. True. So, and they did the same thing with Frozen as well. Yeah. The, yeah. the two princes or the two main love interest-ish characters. So Frozen already has a sing-along out in theaters, I just noticed. I know. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, it took Greece like 30 years. Well, <laughs> that's because that's because um, the what the main song, Let It Go, has been all over the charts. Like, I mean, it, Let It Go oh, yeah. is an unbelievable song. Yeah. And it, I, I really I want to see it so bad, but I haven't had time. Sean, you mentioned sound, uh, scores and how um, the music, you guys had a good talk about Pulp Fiction and how the songs in that, not the score, but the songs were really popular. But right. I want to kind of talk about Shawshank um, and uh, the score for that, specifically Thomas Newman, yeah. um, because I really feel like Thomas Newman in particular has an incredible talent of creating very emotionally driven beautiful music that has a narrative all on its own. Yeah. Um, if we look at Thomas Newman's kind of uh, his filmography of the songs that he, and the music that he's done for the films that he's done, most recently he did Saving Mr. Banks. Um, and Which you, was lovely. Yes. It was if you lovely. saw that film, you were emotionally, from the first scene, the opening scene, I mean, you watch that, you know, you, you're totally put into it. And I love Thomas Newman because the what he did for Shawshank is he created a soundtrack and a score that was so complementary to the narrative style and the drama of the film itself that it just enhanced it. And I think that speaks to why Shawshank was so successful. Yeah. Um, because that soundtrack, just you, you were so immediately it's drawn It's perfect. In. It really is. Um, just like everything else in the movie. Yeah, buddy. And, and it was a really, really fantastic movie, but so was Forrest Gump. That's I the hard feeling. part. But it wasn't perfect. If you look, there <laughs> are, there are <laughs> mess ups. There where? Are, where, Sean? Check film flubs. Can There's I? film flubs in there. Things are happening in the background that take you out of the story if you're paying attention to them. And that they're not. And I hate to use a ah, well. freshman film school word here, but the mise-en-scene... <laughs> <laughs> for wow. Shawshank, everything is perfect. That's fine. Let's, framed, let's everything talk going film on, No matter how much you analyze the backgrounds, never takes you out of it. I mean, yes, you can also make the argument too that, I mean, going back to how, how you feel when you get out of the movie, you know that you may you may have a greater sense of catharsis. I don't know after after watching Shawshank Redemption, but ultimately it is so subjective. I literally think at some point the producers who were campaigning or the people who were voting were just so confused it came down to a coin flip i think that's what it did because those movies are so neck and neck when it comes to i mean i still think that gump takes it but it's like asking what is a better piece of work 
Uh, it's Michelangelo's... Not, I'm not saying which one was better, but based on the criteria that we are made to believe actually matters, I can I think make my that... can I make my my analogy before you, you cut me off? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead, Brian. Sorry, I know that was a bit. The tension and mommy but... and daddy are fighting. Um, <laughs> Brian's mommy. Cut me off. <laughs> it's it is like comparing like the Last Supper to the Mona Lisa. They are you you can't you can't Ooh. do that when it comes to like works of art. Yes. One is a painting of a real person, Brian. <laughs> and he didn't have models for the Last Supper. He did. So Tom, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Uh. He's, trying to, he's trying to say that Jesus wasn't a real person. He's trying to piss you off. <laughs> oh snap! The gauntlet has been thrown. Okay. Well, how about this? Can we go through each kind of category and uh, maybe each of us pick who we would have? Sure. Would have liked I think that's a great won? idea. Okay. Um, okay. Perfect. Well, starting with best picture from each of us. Let's kind of throw it out there. I'm gonna name them. Um, for best picture, Forrest Gump, Four Weddings and a Funeral, Pulp Fiction, Quiz Show, The Shawshank Redemption. Sean, who would you have picked? Shawshank. Okay, Brian. Gump. Sarah. Shaw Gump. Where <laughs> Forrest Gump goes to prison. <laughs> Except he was too stupid. My mama to always out, said, so just makes "You better get forever. busy living, or you get busy dying." I caught the. <laughs> Why did you make that chest piece so quickly, Gump? You went straight to this prison, Gump. One day you will be a guard here, Gump. God damn it, Gump. <laughs> I love that part when he's doing the gun and then... The Shawshank Redemption. That is what we're calling it. <laughs> that's the episode title. Sorry, that's the Shawshank Redemption. I love it. Okay, uh, best director, Robert Zemeckis for Forrest Gump, Woody Allen for Bullets Over Broadway, Christoph Kieslowski for Three Colors Red, or Robert that's... Redford for Quiz Show, and Quentin Tarantino for uh, Woody Kent Allen gets mostly gets nominated out of courtesy, so I would probably go with... <laughs> Uh, Burn. No, it's and true. Woody Most Allen gets nominated. It's out of courtesy. Let's give one of them to him as best director. Oh, uh, poor I would, Woody Allen, man. I would still go with Gump. Okay, Sean. Ah, uh, Quentin Tarantino. All right, Sarah. Tarantino. Okay. Ooh, I didn't get to pick one. Yeah. Okay. Well, for best picture, I would have picked Shawshank. Uh, best director, I would have done um, Tarantino. I agree with you guys on that one. Okay. Best actor, Tom Hanks won. Um, Morgan Freeman or Nigel Hawthorne. Uh, who was in the madness of the king of uh, madness of King George and Paul Newman for nobody's fool or John Travolta for Pulp Fiction? Sarah, mm. <sighs> would you just have gone with Tom Hanks? Hanks, yeah. I'm gonna go with Hanks. I, Freeman mm -hmm. is a really, really close one on that, Ugh. but it took me a little bit just to get past the Morgan Freeman part of it, like to get past yeah. it. This is not Morgan Freeman, but this is. Yeah. I would have given yeah, it to Morgan Freeman purely for the fact that one scene where he's throwing the baseball. Um, apparently they filmed that for nine hours straight. Oh my god! And Morgan Freeman did not complain once. Oh my god! He came to set the next day wearing wearing a sling. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Wow. That man worked his best. That's off. champ. And while well, hearing that, then maybe I would probably go with well, Freeman. Well, I mean, but... I I think though, I mean, that's great that he worked that hard. And uh, but I I think it still comes down to the performance. And I have to agree. I think Tom Hanks did a better job of creating. Uh, a character and not that morgan Freeman is not a fantastic actor yeah. he is but yeah. and i don't want to do this in like the whole like tropic thunder theory <laughs> but... what's the tropic thunder theory you don't you go, go, you never, never go oh research. right <laughs> <laughs> and i don't... i fucking love it <laughs> it's it's terrible i don't even like that word but um none of us do <laughs> but i think that go full free time but I think that Tom Hanks just did such a great job, you know, that it's because I, I mean, really, get Bubba. that was kind of like one of the first times where people started realizing, yes, if you play somebody who's differently abled that way, that yes, maybe you might get a nomination for it. But yeah. then again, you know, he proved that he really had some serious acting chops. And so. he's building off the um, the win for Philadelphia the year before. Oh, God, That's Philadelphia true. was amazing. Yeah. Academy yeah. loves so. him. It's the same old story How for every everybody actor. loves him. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves Tom yes. Hanks. You, not, not let's love. not forget, he also got nominated the year after, too, for mm -hmm. Apollo 13 and would have won if it wasn't for fucking Nicolas Cage oh! leaving Las Vegas. Oh, but Lee, he was wow. great in that movie, though. Yeah. So, so Brian, yeah, that was his peak, and then it was all fucking... Yeah. He was brilliant as Walt Disney, though. There. Not the bees! Not the <laughs> bees! Are you about Nicolas Cage? <laughs> oh, right, so, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> so, okay. Sean, I assume you're going with Freeman? I am going with Visa. <laughs> oh shit! That's why I'm so excited for the Olympics. Buy your Academy Award <laughs> no. with Visa. <laughs> the Visa commercials of that man are the greatest thing on television. I know. I'll be 
fucking I think that crying. Morgan Freeman deserves it. I don't know if it's because I've seen the movie a hundred thousand times now, mm-hmm. Forrest Gump, but the more I watch it, there the more I see moments where I'm I don't believe him. So yeah. now, that might just be me being crazy. And that's the difference between like really powerful dramatic performances and Something bit me. <laughs> so now let's, let's and the talk. talks. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, ice cream, <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> so now let's talk about uh, Brian. Who would you pick though? You pick Tom Hanks or yeah, uh, I go with Hanks. Absolutely. Okay, Sean, yeah. you picked uh, Freeman, Freeman. Then gotta go Freeman. All right. So then let's move on to Best Actress. Then yeah. those nominations were Jessica Lange, Jodie Foster, Miranda what Richards. Movies? So Jodie uh, Jessica Lange was for Blue Sky. Jodie Foster was for Nell. Loved Nell. Loved Miranda it. Richardson would be for Tom and Viv. Chinkapay, Miss May. Yeah. Chinkapay, Miss May. <laughs> Winona Ryder for Little Women. And then Winona Susan Sarandon Ryder. for The Client. Ooh. Out of all of those movies, I've only seen Little Women. <gasps> You've never seen The Client? You've never no. seen Nell? Girl! No. Girl! I think I, I haven't never seen... you seen Nell, girl? <laughs> Shit. Shit! I haven't seen most of them, but I will say I've seen The Client, I've seen bits of Little Women, and I've seen... Nell, and I probably would say Jodie Foster for Nell. Jodie Foster is my favorite actress, so um, I would have gone with Jodie Foster. I don't know what Jessica Lange was doing. I don't know why she won. I don't. Well, I don't know. Blue Sky is one of those movies that not many people remember, but it was her and Tommy Lee Jones, and it was kind of a romantic drama. Mm. Oh, okay. It says right but, here in Wikipedia. Also, Jessica Lange, winner of the 1982 Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for Tootsie, won the Academy Award for Best Actress for Tony Richardson's last film, Blue Sky, joining an elite group of thespians who have won Oscars in both the supporting the end lead categories. Ah, there you go. So maybe it's because it's this guy's last film, his last hurrah. They're trying to yeah. sure. you know, give credit to Blue Sky. I mean, not saying Jessica Lange isn't a bad actress. She's incredible, but... Oh, she's great. American Horror Story. She's a fucking boss-ass so, bitch. Sarah, who's your pick? <laughs> I abstain. I have not seen enough of these movies really? to decide. Abstention. Hey, does, has anybody seen Little Women? Yeah. Think I, do you, I mean, has anybody that's seen it think I'll like it? Because I remember specifically not seeing it and I, wanting to I hate it because bored. a girl it I hated I in my bored. class did a book report and talked <laughs> um, about it, it in does? class and I annoyed the shit out of me. Christian Bale is pretty awesome. I was going to say, it does have a post-Newsies pre-Batman and pre-American Psycho Christian Santa Bale. Santa Fe. <laughs> Wait for me. <laughs> Christian Bale is a total cutie pie in this. You'll like it. I think you'll um, like how it. How about Best Supporting Actor? Yeah. You got Martin Landau for Ed Wood, mm-hmm. Samuel yeah. L. Jackson for Pulp Fiction, Chaz Palmatieri for <laughs> Bullets Over Broadway, Paul Schofield for Quiz Show, and Gary Sinise this for Forrest Gump. This is so hard. I loved Martin Landau and Ed Wood. He was great, and actually, was and I agree great. with that. I, I actually support that. He decision. was so great, but Gary Sneeze was so tortured Gary in, in Forrest Gump, and I think he's pretty underrated. And I think I think Samuel Jackson probably deserved it for Pulp Fiction, but Martin Landau, oh my God, he was so good. Ned Wood, I, I, I yeah, Gary Sneeze should have just gotten some kind of auxiliary award for trying to fight God with no legs at the <laughs> in a crow's nest of a ship because that is one of the best moments of that movie. Oh. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's just you and me. <laughs> and then when that. he sees Gump for the first time at the this, this TV studio and just starts sliding down the ramp. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, fuck! There's the... Uh... Oh man! I, I think that. wasn't it that Forrest Gump said, "I think Lieutenant Dan had lost his mind," <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. That was you a little bit legs, of Jonathan Freeman at the same time. Lieutenant Dan, you um, got legs. So then, uh, <laughs> and what right. legs? Anyway, uh, best. Supporting... I'm gonna go Samuel L. Jackson. Actually, all right. Yeah, fair me too. Uh, best supporting actress. Uh, so we had the winner, which was Diane Weist for Bullets Over Broadway. What's Weist? Yeah. Rosemary Harris for Tom and Viv. Mm. Helen Mirren for The Madness of King George. Ooh. Uma Thurman for Pulp Fiction. Basically, all the lead actors in Pulp Fiction got nominated. Uh, and then Jennifer Tilly for Bullets Over Broadway. Jennifer Tilly's kind of a random pick. Yeah, huh? since when the hell? Did... Really? Jennifer Tilly got nominated have for Have you guys seen I... Bullets Over Broadway? No. It, I have. It's good. It's good. It's Is really it? good. And Diane oh, yeah. Weiss was hilarious in it. Don't nice. speak. Don't speak. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I... all I know of Jennifer Tilly is a uh, bride of Chucky. <laughs> oh, what about God. Family Guy? Or that, but no, I just know her. And Bound. Okay, then. Um, I my favorite we... fingering movie. It's in the fingering section. <laughs> it's your oh, local blockbuster. Wow. Are you a Jennifer open. Tilly fan? I guess so, huh? I, right. I have to abstain from I this like one, too, because I haven't seen oh, yeah. it. She's got I, I mean, voice. other than, I mean, I could default to Uma Thurman, but that's the only nomination nominee I've seen, so I really, I shouldn't say. Yeah, I'm gonna... I would have picked her, Diane Weist because she just is a badass and incredible actress so 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to kind of go with that, too. Again, Bullets Over Broadway was a really good movie. Although, I mean, Uma Thurman was good. I just think she's gotten better. Yeah. Yeah, and and if you think about the supporting actors in each movie, how much the supporting actor added to and made the story and how much they, like, stole the screen, mm-hmm. I sure. got to go with Diane Weist over Uma Thurman. Even though she was really awesome, she didn't add as much as Diane Weist's character did. Her character didn't right. add that much. Yeah. Wasn't right. Uma Thurman uh, Tarantino's first, like, muse type of actress? Still yeah. his muse. Yeah. Yeah, like, she was, like, he was, like, obsessed with her feet and stuff. Well, cause... he's obsessed with feet in general, but, but I like, bet, I guess she's just got the hottest feet. Her feet. And no, her feet. feet are fucking horrendous looking. Have you seen Kill Bill? I'm saying, she's got sausage shows. <laughs> I am saying, from Quentin Tarantino's perspective, I want as... a foot that looks like Yvonne Drago just took off his red boot <laughs> at the end of Rocky IV. <laughs> 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 wow. Move That's your funny. big toe. Uh, okay, so how about um, best original screenplay? Because mm, okay. we have the nominations. I'm going to go backwards this time. Okay. Uh, three Colors Red by... Oh, Jesus. Just um, we don't need, we don't need writers. Oh, Jesus. I'm not familiar with Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, the names are Eastern European. I can't read them. Um, I, I can't. A lot of consonants, not a lot of vowels, huh? Yeah. Z's anyway. and X's and shit. Krzysztof. Yeah. Uh, Klesowski and Christoph um, Piersevich. Um, Heavenly Creatures by, uh, written by hey, Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh. Yeah. Brian, be really careful. If you mispronounce those names, terrorists will bomb the Sochi Olympics right now. Oh, God. <laughs> Shut up. They are listening into all American media, uh-huh. right. including us. <laughs> Four Weddings and a Funeral by Richard Curtis. Nice. Bullets Over Broadway, Woody Allen and Douglas McGraw. And finally, Pulp Fiction Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Maybe for weddings and a funeral because because I'm going to make this argument. The funeral scene in that film has a beautiful monologue. The actor I don't know his name. Uh, he's this awesome. I don't know. Anyway, the whole funeral scene is basically his his gay lover. Ah, his, his, right. Has died right. 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 From a sudden heart attack. Right. And uh, he's doing his eulogy, and it's so touching. It's probably the most dramatic moment in the film. Right. Probably now that I think about the reason maybe that that film got nominated at all. Okay. Yeah. Well, because it's pretty much a lighthearted comedy the whole way through, and then it has this brilliant moment of heart-wrenching honesty because they're closeted. This is the 90s in England when, you know, they, they refer to him basically as his closest friend. They don't, mm. you know, cop yeah. to the fact that he was his lover. They yeah. don't, you know, talk right. about gay, you know. Yeah. That, those relationships, right? So this film, I think, had that good moment. I can see why it was nominated now. Yeah, and I'm, that might have been why it wasn't uh, selected either because of the controversial well, themes Well, we're of talking it. about one amazing moment with a brilliant monologue versus how many brilliant mm-hmm. monologues are there in Pulp Fiction. I That's, mean, it's yes, riddled with them. Very well, I was going to say, I see your funeral scene, but I raise you royale with cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Say what again? That is, that is a scene that is done in acting classes because it's, it's so good. Right. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, best adapted screenplay. So we have The Shawshank Redemption by Frank Darabont. And Shawshank. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Done. <laughs> Quiz show, Paul uh, Antonazio. Oh. Nobody's Fool, Robert Benton. The Madness of King George, Alan Bennett. And Forrest Gump, Eric Roth. Shawshank. I'll go with Shawshank for that. Attraction. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say Shawshank and Quiz Show are tied because Quiz Show script is really, really good. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Uh, for the record, Forrest Gump. Took. I like the fact that Forrest Gump was ba- based off the book, right? And I, you know, funny thing about the book, the author of the original novel wrote a sequel um, the next yeah. year after the film was made. And apparently in the sequel book, um, they, the Forrest Gump actually goes to the Academy Awards and meets Tom Hanks. Oh my God, that's funny. <laughs> that's it's awesome. written in the book. That's fantastic. So I think this the the book was uh, apparently a very good good one. Yeah. And they should read. They should make that book into a Pixar animated movie, like in thirty <laughs> years from now, yeah. right before Tom Hanks is going to pass. Well, there they were in discussion about making uh making that into a film, making so, a sequel. Yeah, adapting yeah. it. It's also got some darker themes too, because I think doesn't um it it deals with Forrest Gump getting older mm-hmm. and like his son growing up, and I think some bad stuff happens to his son too. Aww. To Forrest Jr. So I yeah, nothing bad Forrest happens Joe. to him, really. Everybody around him suffers and dies. <laughs> yeah. Aw, the scene where he's at Jenny's grave. Aww. Oh, and he's so bright, Jenny. I actually, Stop it. You know, Stop it. You know, I actually did that monologue in, in my like high school drama class. Oh. Totally did. Such it was like, I uh, got, did gender bending, but you know. Whatever. I'll see your high school drama class, and I will raise you... 
my best friend in junior high, Andrew Carroll, and I in seventh grade had to do a history presentation in skit form <laughs> about Robert E. Lee and Ulysses <laughs> S. Grant. I remember this. Oh this my is God. And at the very end, we just put the entire like bacon tastes good, pork chops taste good conversation <laughs> from the end of Pulp Fiction into it. Like Robert E. Lee oh and God. Ulysses S. Grant met in a diner. After and the war oh and had that conversation, it was a brilliant scene because then you still built the conflict in the. Yeah. And the surrender. teacher was just in the back, just like Mr. Komar. What <laughs> yeah, is yeah, happening? Mr. No, it was Mr. Brocco's class. Oh, Mr. Brocco. Okay. And he was just sitting there, like, and he's like, does this little clap thing afterwards, <laughs> and he was like, yeah. "Excellent. I'm not sure I approve of the movie that you decided to put, <laughs> to put it here." <laughs> Smart guy. Mama um, always said dying was a part of life. I sure wish it wasn't. Oh, stop it! I don't you know, died on a Saturday you morning. You will not sway me. Roxy, you're on the Shawshank side. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I'm just, I'm obsessed with that monologue. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm I don't know about you guys, but I'm monologue from Bullets Over Broadway all the time. <laughs> Shit. I thought it was the monologue from the Page Master, oh which was God. brilliant. <laughs> fuck you, Alan. He's possessed. He's insane. Actually, He's my kind of guy. Actually, guys, what I think you have not been talking about is the. Uh, what should be happening, best stunt double, and that category does not exist, because frankly 1994 was a perfect year for Jack Crawford, and I just think this is just a travesty. I would like to make an open statement to Woody Allen, saying that you need to give credit where credit is due, because Midnight in Paris is obviously loosely based on the page master. Somebody gets to meet, oh, the best characters, they're the best author. It's all the same. You are a charlatan. Yeah, charlatan. Oh, my god. Alan, I gotta say, usually we are annoyed, but thank you. You are a charming <laughs> presence this evening. Oh, That's awesome. I love it when he's inside me. Oh, wow. well. <laughs> well, you're here first, folks. You guys know what it's like. It's a light, tingly feeling and an overwhelming sense of dread. <laughs> Wow. What anal is? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or being possessed by <laughs> They're Alan. They're both the same thing. Oh. Possession and anal are the Hello. same thing. <laughs> That's where all the fear and the rumors come Zing. from, ladies. Woo. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. Girl. Okay. It's not we... painful at all. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a doctor. Um <laughs> what films do you guys think were really snubbed this year? If we talk about Oh, uh, we don't that... say snubbed on this podcast. Oh, that were fucked over? We said straight, straight up cock block. Thank you. I posted, I sent you guys a message last night to try to think of what the female version of oh, cock blocking right, is. right, right, right. I think I like clam jammed. Clam jammed, <laughs> swatted, or cunt stunted. I, I like clam jammed. You guys, The Silence of the Hams came out in 1994. Oh. Silence of the Hams? <laughs> that, that was the one with, uh, with Annabelle Cannibal Pizza with Dom DeLuise. Yeah, with Dom DeLuise. And then they have the psycho shower scene and <laughs> it's like right. all fucked up. Which is, I mean, it's kind of barring from... Um, oh. Man. A little bit from high anxiety. Yeah, yeah, I love Silence of the Hams. I saw that when I was. Uh, and Star Trek Generations came out this year. Boo. Hello, dude. Stop Whatever. One of the worst Star Trek oh. movies. I don't that care. Exists. I still I like love Star that movie. Movies. I still love that movie. I don't care how oh, bad yeah. it is. I love it. Two incredibly you know, underrated okay. animated films. The Nexus. Way underutilized. Oh. Yeah. Needed more cameos from other members of the Star Trek, Fair original enough. Star Trek. Just going to throw it out there, I think nerds. Jim Carrey was snubbed for one of the acting categories because the level of devotion to playing Lloyd Christmas oh with the haircut God. and you know what? tooth. Truth. Was. Truth. Yeah, and but he his... swept the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, that's he true. He did. Enough. Isn't gold did. popcorn enough, Brian? The ending <laughs> of that, the ending <laughs> of that gold movie. gold popcorn enough for you. <laughs> You're in luck. Do you <laughs> yes. realize what you've done? Please excuse my friend. He's a bit slow. Sarah, the town's back that way. Oh. We got no food. We got no jobs. <laughs> our pets are falling off. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. <laughs> I just thought he was really quiet. <laughs> Mockingbird. <laughs> Mockingbird. Oh my god. Come on, everybody. <laughs> What's wrong, Harry? I swear to God, break your heart. I was totally. I I swear to God, I was watching the Super Bowl. I was like, "So you're saying there's There's a chance?" chance. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what was all that one in a million? I'm sorry, Sean just looks really sad and angry right now. But that's exactly how I felt. Sayers, you guys, I love love the line. Did she give a reason? Oh yeah, I called her up. She said something about how I wasn't listening to her. I don't don't know. I wasn't really paying attention, but. What I really think it was, I think she was seeing some other guy. 
Uh, Maybe you'd find out. I wanted to mention Samsonite. um, I was way (laughs) off. That is ninety-eight percent of the reason I bought a Samsonite leather briefcase. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It was between that one and some other brands, and I was like, I gotta go with Samsonite. And I love Dumb and Dumber. The the best callback movie. Don't play dumb with me, you little shit. I'm the owner of that briefcase. Look, Mr. Samsonite. (laughs) Yeah. We meant we need to pay back every single dollar. Wow. What's he say? Like 150,000. Want to keep that one? (laughs) (laughs) All right. These are good. Um, We cannot go down the Jim Carrey A docudrama called Whore 2 came out in 1994. Oh. Wait, what? Called Whore. No, Peak, you're interesting. Fucking. Did you say Whore 2 or Horde? Whore 2. Oh, I saw it. With with a W. It was on Cinemax or Showtime late one night. I I watched it and definitely jerked off to it when I was a kid. I clearly remember Whore 2 because I was like, oh, perfect. Like, I didn't even have to. Can look we not the talk about. Really for, it just was right there. Sean, I, no wow. offense. Can we can we dial back on the uh, the child's sexual experimentation on this podcast? I think that might be taking it just a little too far. <laughs> what? Wow. You show me a 12 year old that doesn't jerk off, and I'll show you a liar. <laughs> I, wait, wait, wait. I didn't jerk wait, off when I was 12. A liar as in like an instrument? No, I, I like to really see a liar. Uh, Give me Dude. a small liar. Small liar. <laughs> Wrong liar. Liar. <laughs> liar. 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 All right, and here liar. we go down the princess bride rabbit hole. Witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. I'm but not. after what you just said, I'm not sure you want to be that anymore. You never had it so good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, you guys, two really humpity, underrated. Humpity, humpity, awesome. Humpity. Oh. By the way, oh, no, uh, you were going to be in our Princess Bride scene, weren't you? Uh, I was, and then you were like, I got it covered, it's okay. Well, you were freaking out. like. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were. What, I was, I fre- what was I freaking out about? You said that you were failing all your classes and that you were really overwhelmed. Oh, yeah, my time at State sucked, so um, you caught me at a bad time, buddy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, that was a, but- a tough time at State. We, we had very different experiences at our alma mater. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that what it yeah, is? Well, I was det- I was bound and determined though. I had like yeah. I was like I'm getting out in three semesters, and you're nice. not going to stop me. Nice. So. I had a very different experience there than we you guys all did. graduated from the same university. Yes, yep. we did. That's I was only awesome. on the campus once, and yeah. it was in some chick's dorm room. And I remember I had <laughs> three morphine suppositories in me, <laughs> and that's it. Fun days. Those are all jokes. Fun times, man. <laughs> Okay, um, <laughs> can I just say Slug the lap. Swan Princess and Thumbelina came out in 1990? Oh, oh my I remember the Swan Princess. The Swan that Princess, one of the most underrated and awesome. I will say that it was good. I, I will, re- I will reiterate, Lion King should have should have been nominated. Yeah, for best picture. Okay, so let's mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Aside from Toy Story three. Ooh, have there been Disney movies nominated for Best Beauty and picture? the Beast? Beauty and, Beauty the, and well, the Beast. Duh. Oh, yeah. Obviously. Wasn't, was Snow White not nominated? No, it got a special Academy Award for being the first feature-length animated movie. Right. And, oh, then, okay. and then the next one that was a legitimate one was that won a legitimate award, uh, I think, was Pinocchio. I found oh. that out because uh, a friend shared that because it was uh, Your on birthday. my birthday. On my birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, It was guys. released... On February 6th, 1940, I think. 1940, yeah. 1940. Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Oh, Reality Bites came out this year, too. Ah, uh, that's did. right. Yeah, ah. look at Ben that. Stiller's directorial debut. Yes. Oh. Long and way then, he's coming. Oh, and The River Wild. Uh, Police Academy Mission to Moscow came out that year. Yes. <laughs> that is not a clam jam. I'm sorry. That is uh, that we we can avoid that one. PCU. PCU. <laughs> no, what Brian? What we're saying is, is in the Razzies, Mission to Moscow didn't win, so it got straight up twat swatted. No, North by Rob Reiner got six Razzie nominations. Which also wow. came out that year. And five that of them movie for Bruce takes Willis. So long to get going, and then <laughs> ends before it gets going yeah um what else oh natural born killers came out i think natural oh, born killers yes. is pretty awesome it got pretty snubbed though what else oh and Ma- maverick actually so mm-hmm. came out this year and i think that was actually a pretty fun movie maverick's awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought that was actually some really good acting i think it's great and it doesn't it i saw it um a few months ago on tv and it, it like surprised me again with the ending i was like oh i forgot Nice. Yeah. yeah, I feel like maybe at least for costume design or something, it could have gotten nominated. Yeah, I do feel like the whole movie is a is it's a decent movie, but it it's a bunch of Richard Donner uh, gags because you got Danny Glover who makes an appearance in it. It's just tons of different callbacks to the movie because of James Garner being in it. Now it's I mean in retrospect it's it's okay it's not a not a fantastic movie but it hmm. True Lies 
was a great movie. Beverly Hills Cop 3 came out. Boo. Wally World. <laughs> Even though some Wally of that World. was filmed uh, Wonder at Great World. America. Nice. It was. And George Lucas is, makes a very small cameo in that movie, too. Guys, really important. This masterpiece was straight up cock blocked and or clam jammed. Cabin Boy. What? <laughs> <With> Chris <laughs> Elliott. <laughs> yes, the one no. and only Chris Elliott vehicle. In the <laughs> yeah. Good call. I believe, actually, that was the... That was a joke that David Letterman made in his opening monologue. Angels really? in the Outfield. I'm pretty sure. Angels, Angels in the Outfield. Oh. Always watching. Oh. Yeah, we can't. Nobody but. can see you flapping your arm, Sean. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yo. I know. J-G-L. I know. J-G-O. Love that man. Shall we wrap this up, ladies and gentlemen? Okay. Yeah. I feel like we can. We talked a lot. We have. Uh, folks, we want to know your pick for best picture this year. So please hit us up on our social media uh, through Facebook and our Twitter. And Wolf of Wall Street. I'm sorry. I have <laughs> we um we we uh, sadly do not have any feedback to share this week. Aww. You guys haven't written to us. Please write to us. Please. We're lonely. Are you, are you, is it? Did we say something? Is it something we did? Something we? Uh, In fact, sorry. If I get like some old timey letter that's like, "My dearest Sarah Ashley, I have been off." <laughs> Fighting in the trenches for so long, and I miss your face. Like I want something I like that. <laughs> fighting the tyranny. I I have been I have been busy in my my cubicle fighting the war against the tyranny of capitalism. <laughs> know that while I do not listen to the softness of your voice, please stay true and know that I will always be your, uh, your sugar bear. Your sugar bear. <laughs> Signed, Brett. <laughs> So, uh, Brian, can I ask if the uh, Oscars podcast, if there's any news, if it's going to be uh, videoed or... That is actually something we're going to discuss after we are done recording. Yes. Yes, which if you want to stick around, you may (gasps) be part of that meeting. So, as you heard Sean say at the head of the podcast, uh, we are three weeks away from our live Oscar podcast. And we still have three weeks left for you guys to complete the Nerdonomy Oscar Challenge. So the rule, of course, is always keep your ticket stubs. If you have seen some movies prior to the challenge and do not have the ticket stubs, we are making an exception. We are going to make a test of honor, a quiz of honor, to prove that you have seen them. We will give them to you after the ceremony. So still submit your your progress. Save your tickets from at least this point forward, okay? You can look up our blog for all of these specifics about which films you need to see and all I of that. I am so behind. I, I have seen five out of the nine Best Picture Folks. Movies. AMC Theaters is doing a special marathon either in one day or two Saturdays before. Dave and I are doing that. That's how we're going to complete the challenge, and we are so excited about doing it. So, Lucky bastards. Folks, if you go to amctheaters.com, and you can see which cities are doing that marathon. Or if you bitch out and torrent all of it, then go ahead. You must see the movies legally. That That does disqualify you from the challenge. (gasps) That's what I'm saying. Don't bitch out. Right. Listen to Roxy. She knows what she's talking about. And she'll hunt you down and kill you if she finds out that you illegally downloaded things. I can do that. I have a black belt. And the thing is, like, she'll be really sweet and, like, talk you you up for a little bit, and then before you know it, (laughs) A Vulcan nerve pincher <laughs> Exactly. It'll be a, a slow and painless death. And you'll hear my laughter as the last thing you hear on this godly earth. <laughs> I wish Vulcans had a better sense of humor because then they could come up with some kind of grip that just And then they're going to find you. And, they're, and, they're, and then, and then they're going to find the you. So, a loved one is going to find you and they're going to be like, who did this to you? She had... She had a lobster tattoo. It's a crab. <laughs> it's a crab. You sorry, sorry, sorry. She had a crab tattoo. <laughs> Damn you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm done. All right. We Thank good? you guys for having me on again. Of course. Thank the you show. for coming back. Yeah. And- we will it. see you in a few weeks for the for the festivities. I'm there and I'll be wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, Oscar Sunday is my drunk day. I'm not kidding. Well, we'll have champagne or something so you can even get more wasted on the air. Until next time, folks, stay nerdy and tune into us next week. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> see ya. Later. <laughs> <laughs> and roll credits.
And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Stop that bit, me! <laughs> <laughs>